Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. We thank you in Jesus' name. talk about. What's the theme of Amant? One more time. Wow. Reaching deep things of God. God has got deep things in some Psalm 42, verse 7, he says, Deep, calleth unto deep. It says that deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls and your waves and billows have gone over me. Deep calls unto deep. Proverbs puts it this way iron sharpens iron. You can't use plastic to sharpen iron. God has got deep things. The deep things of God. Who can... In fact, let's... let's, In in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, it says that, Oh, the depths and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. Depths. I'm talking about the depths. You can't you can't exhaust it. All the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Deep. Unsearchable. Unsearchable. I think somewhere in Ephesians, I suppose, yes. Um, yeah, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, it talks about the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what the hope of his call, what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glories of his inheritance among the, the riches, the riches of the glories of, the glories of his inheritance among the saints. They are riches, they are depths in God. But it does not take ordinary mind to know. He says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Your understanding has got eyes. It's not these natural eyes. You understand. They must be enlightened. When you are born again, your eyes, the eyes are open. But it must be enlightened. Enlightened. Then the resultant effect is that that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. There are things in God that must be known. There are depths in God. School cannot teach you. All right, let's get to First Corinthians. This is my, my foundational text. Oh, I believe that you grasp something. Be alert and don't be distracted. And you get something. Amen. Uh, 
I love the word of God. Don't you love God's word at all? I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> mm, all right, let me try and attempt a long reading. Um, I just sometimes it's nice to indulge yourself in the reading of scriptures. It's just, just nice, especially when your spirit is alert. But any part of the scriptures tastes so good to you. And anything scripture carries weight for you. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. So he said, I did not come with excellency of speech. Now, when you read earlier on the chapter before, the Corinthians, what they, what they used to do is they, they had what is like theaters, amphitheaters, and they, they loved um, orators, elocutionists. Come and stand and rattle and speak. They love it. When you speak, you must speak something that, that tickles their, their intellect. So you must know so many things and go from all kinds of sources. And you must be so fixed in certain levels of knowledge and the way you articulate it and the way you ex- express it. That's what they like. And so he came into the church. And when they came, they came to church, they were looking for... A loquaciousness, someone to to speak in such a way that wow. But Paul said, "When I come, that is why in First Corinthians he says that we preach Christ crucified, which is foolishness to the Greeks." Right. It's giving them problem. What are you? I thought you were coming to tell us something. You're coming to say someone who died on the cross to save us. He said, "You're talking about a bloody cross." To save me, oh come on, tell me something else. Bible said to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. You you bring Christ up and they stumble, they, they can't go further with you. To the Greeks, it's foolishness. First Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen. It's, to the Greeks, is that but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block. Twenty three, stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. Go to verse eighteen. But unto them, 18, thank you, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. What is all this foolishness you're talking about? And so, they, they, and look at verse 30. Verse 30 says that, go but to him, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So Christ is the wisdom of God to us. You may be looking for very nice intellectual things. He said that for us who are saved, the wisdom of God is Christ. And so he, then the next verse, see, look at it. Go to the next verse. The next verse. That According as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. If there's anything you boast about, know your certificate. Know your background. Know how well you are. Know you are a professor and so on. You are well, you are very intelligent and so on. Come on. Because intelligent people, foolish people, they all use their loo. They all sleep. They all bathe. They all eat. There are some things that are just fundamental to human beings. 
So the, the fact that you have a mental understanding doesn't make you a better human being so long as your blood doesn't change. Your blood is still their blood. All right, go to the next, look at the next verse. The next verse. Then right there he goes, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. So the testimony of God, right there you can tell that when I am coming to preach and talk to you, he said that my, my, my message is not like the way you are used to those kind of messages out there. I didn't come with excellency of speech. So it's very easy for you to, to marginalize or disdain or look down what I'm saying because it, it, it doesn't fit into that so, in the social norm. He said, my, it wasn't with uh, excellency of speech. Go to the next verse. So the next verse said, for I determined not to know anything amongst you, save, <laughs> save Jesus Christ and him crucified. All the other things, and when I'm talking to you, what matters is, who is Christ to you? His crucifixion. What does it mean to you? That's what matters. It doesn't matter how an expert you are, how a millionaire you are, how an intelligent person you are. You see, when you come to church, can you please drop all those things? Drop, drop. Other than that, church can't help you. God can help you if you come to him with your credentials. Don't, don't go to God with your credentials. Go to him by grace. So, he says that, I did, I'm not interested, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Your, your, your social status is not as important as your spiritual status. So long as we are concerned. That's it. You can be a, a somebody. Somebody important, important in society based on your social status. Really doesn't really matter when we meet. Because when we meet, nobody matters but Christ. Yeah. Okay. All right, so it says that, verse 3. Thank you, Jesus. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much. Let's go to the verse 4. And my preaching. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Everybody say man's wisdom. Man's wisdom. Say man's wisdom. man's wisdom. There are different types of wisdom. There is the natural wisdom. And there is the devilish wisdom. And there is man's wisdom. And there is the wisdom of God. Right, and I think you can find that in James chapter 3, all the different wisdom. I think James chapter 3, verse 15, somewhere there, or talks about devilish wisdom, man's wisdom, worldly wisdom. Okay, so the, and the wisdom of God. So it says that my preaching and my speech was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power. That's the kind of preaching that helps. There's preaching that brings to bear or brings to demonstration the spirit and power. Hmm. You're going somewhere. It's going to be great. Why? Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in 
You see, the wisdom of men is, keeps coming. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom from chapter, verse one, chapter 1. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. See, because they lived in a society that glorified intellectual powers. Intellectual abilities were blown out of proportion. So he actually said, Paul said that um, um, God has chosen the things that are nothing to confound in order to blow the first Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 and 29. To, he has chosen the things, the best things of this world. He says that, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound those who think they are wise. He's chosen them. So what natural wisdom says that this should be put aside, God chooses that and lift, makes it do things that the natural wisdom cannot get anywhere near. So, uh, so the most astute or the erudite scholars amongst men can do some things, and the most the one who looks very stupid, God will use them to do the things that the most trained can do. And so then the, the those who operate by human wisdom get wisdom get confused. But how can you be doing this? And yet you are not like this. Oh, how can you? Though you are that small, do this such big thing. So God, God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and has chosen the weak, the, 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 the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Why? Verse 28. Why? And the, and the best things of the world and the things which are despised. Like some of you, you are despised in your families. Very soon, they are all going to be coming to you for deliberate. A time is coming when your family, there's a family meeting. If you are not there, no decision can be made. <laughs> because they say, oh, let's, let's wait for him to come because we want to know what he's got to say. The things that are despised has God chosen. Yes, the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. God is amazing. And I see God doing that out of your life. But look at verse 20, 29. Why? So that no flesh will glory in his presence. Now don't come and say that it's based on my training. It's based on this. So those of us who get born again and come to church and all of a sudden you are trying to use your social status to bully people in church. It is, God doesn't like it at all. God doesn't. And God may come after you with some severe judgment and punishment. You, you incur the judgment of God because you are trying to operate in the, in, the, in the field of God with the strength of the flesh. The fact that you, everyone says you are pretty doesn't mean anything. No. Give me a break. Sometimes people who even look so pretty, sometimes they don't... Uh, actually don't go for them. And if people go for them, they have to usually tend to have turbulent marriage because if you're pretty, being pretty and test your head, thinking that you should be treated based on your prettiness, you're in trouble. Because actually, being pretty has not got anything to do with the progress of life. Some of you know men or ladies who look so pretty. <laughs> but they are so stupid. 
you can choose her because they are wondering why. Your brain should have been pretty. <laughs> but we are all pretty and handsome, isn't it? Yeah. But the point I'm making is that there are pretty people who are so humble and are making differences. Never come to church and feel so important because of what kind of designer wear you wear. Designer wear. Label. What, what label? Label. Even the, the one whose name we are using as that label, that guy, that person is struggling. Society has, has, has become so messed up that things that are not important, we marginalize, we major on the minors and minor on the majors. Things that are not really, that don't matter in life become, no, nowadays we have heroes who have not achieved anything. Who have not done anything. Heroes, yeah, most of the heroes of our generation, the heroes that we, is, is projected to our society on TV, and most of them have not really, there's, there's nothing heroic about them. There's nothing, nothing heroic about them. Someone like them, they can sing, okay, put you there. Someone like them, they can play, okay, put you there. So based on a few people who like them, but they are not exceptional. Those times when you talk about hero, you are, you are talking about people who can stop the, a whole nation, a whole city from getting into trouble. Yeah. They can save them. These people who have done something. They have done something. Those are the heroes. But nowadays, you don't have to achieve anything to be a hero. You must take a few boxes. <laughs> anyway. So, God has never been intimidated by what men acclaim as the best. Your reputation is what men say about you. Your character is what the angels of God know about you. <laughs> I feel like preaching. Don't worry, we'll be getting there. All right. So he says that that your faith will not stand, verse 5, that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. Verse 6. <sighs> now we are about to start. <sighs> Come on, see verse 6, verse 6, verse 6. I feel like coming down now. <sighs> this is where the message actually is about to start. All right, so listen to the argument there. He said, when I came to you, I did not come to you with the enticing words of man's wisdom. Okay, so he, he was speaking as though wisdom was not important. And he says that, so that your faith will not rest, verse 5, your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men, but the, but the power of God. Then, verse 6 says that, however, how be it, be it, we speak wisdom. Ah, so not that what we are saying is stupidity, but just that it may not be in agreement with the with man's wisdom, but it's profoundly in, in, intelligent, profoundly actually good, wise, like that shaga in the previous chapter, verse twenty-four. Oh, I've come down now. The thing is getting serious. <laughs> I feel like preaching. There's a, a lot we have to chew on today. Verse 24 in the previous chapter, I said, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
Look at verse 22. Look at verse 22. I like the verse 22. It said, for the Jews require a sign, the Greeks require foolishness. Go to the verse 23. Verse 23. Let's start with verse 21, is, I think, the one I'm looking for. For after that, good. But for after, um, can, I give, can you give me the NIV so that it can be made a little bit simple? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through, do you know what that means? All right, I want to break this for you. God, his wisdom. God is wise. How many of you believe that? No. <laughs> Actually, he's not, he's, not, he's not wise. He's wisdom. The Bible says that the wisdom of God, God's smartness of doing things. Okay, let's suggest the wise way of doing things. So, since in the wisdom of God, that means that God's wise ways of doing things, in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom. Okay. Can you come, please, quickly? Okay, please. please stand here. So, that is God. Okay, so that's the wisdom of God. God and the way he does his things. Yeah, so the, just be. So God and the way he does his things. That is the world and its wisdom. And Bible said, in the, in the wisdom of God, God is happy. That, can I have your book, please? Your book. The world, this is the wisdom of the world. The world, through the wisdom, through the, its wisdom, the wise ways of doing things, the best ways of humanly doing things, you can't use that to access God. And that's God's wise way of doing things. Did you understand? So you may say, I don't like that. But God's wise way of doing things is that you cannot use your own wisdom to access Him. You understand? Just like um, in our system, United Kingdom, um, voters' registration. You cannot vote by posting and then go back to the ballot and do it at the same time and then collect your, your brothers or steal your neighbors and your cousins, your brothers, their voters, whatever, and then sell it. In the wisdom of the government, out of the electoral system, yeah. it has been, they have done it such a way that you can only vote once. Yeah. For you and not for anybody. So that it can protect the system. God, too, in his wisdom, has done it such a way that it doesn't matter how much you go to school, you can't access him through that. It doesn't matter how well you are trained, how smart you are, how intelligent you are. God's wisdom said, you can't access me through that. So put it on the screen again. It says that, wow. would you put it on the please? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know God. God was pleased through the, f so how does God want us to know him? Through what you call foolishness. Wow. So if you say it's foolishness, in the wisdom of God, it says foolishness. If you want to know me, you have to come through the foolishness of preaching. No, go down say. The foolishness of preaching, then you can know God. Wow. But if you come through your own wisdom, it's, it's missing. You find him. He is not in your, on the pages of your books. That's why you find most people who are supposed to be intellectual say, oh, there, there's no God. There's no God. Do you know why they went to the moon the first time? They went to the moon to go and look for God. <laughs> How stupid. You go to the moon to go and look for the God who created everything. 
Haven't you realized how easy it is for people who supposedly are supposed to be intelligent and well-trained and well-educated, how easy for them to be to accept UFOs than to accept God and angels. They prefer to call it UFOs. They prefer to call it aliens. So right from infant, and they believe it. It's not like it's fair. People believe it. They believe that aliens are going to come one day. Oh, how stupid. It please God that through the wisdom of the world, the world can never know God through their wisdom. But God is happy. You call it foolishness of preaching. How can you go to church? How can you believe in it? God said, no problem. I don't have to prove anything to you. I created you to be fulfilled by me. And as long as you don't come to me, you will be, remain constantly and endlessly unfulfilled. It doesn't matter what you use, what you wear, where you live. You are still unfulfilled in life until you get the God question answered. And he says that if you want this God thing, I'm happy to let you know that you can't find it through this. You can get through the foolishness of preaching. It takes the foolishness of preaching to be saved. Shout hallelujah. <laughs> to, to save those who believe. Those who believe this foolishness. To save them. So most of you, when you go to church, people think, <laughs> they marginalize you. They mock you. <laughs> Why would someone mock you? Because they think you are doing something dumb. They think they are wiser. <laughs> you got to church. <laughs> So most of you, when you are going to church, you do it undercover. <laughs> because you are afraid to be subjected to ridicule by people who are spiritually dumb. That's right. But the world is controlled, the physical world is controlled by the unseen things in the spirit. So if you don't have an upper hand in the spirit, you are a cheap victim any day, any time. Your future is not guaranteed by your money. Your future is not guaranteed by your doctors. Your future is not guaranteed by your relationship. Your future is guaranteed by how much you are strong in the spirit. I heard a bishop in one of his preachings said that nothing happens by accident. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what people call accident, nothing can be an accident in life. But I was teaching some guys, and I actually, actually studied in church, where he said, they said, oh, a crane, a crane just fell, and it fell on somebody's car, and killed two people, killed one person, or a, a truck driver lost control, or had a heart attack, or a and drove into some people, and then uh, it's, it's just an accident. Anyone who was there when the truck came, it may be an accident. That's the only way you can explain, because it's an accident. But spiritually, it's a program. Spiritually, it's a program. I, I cannot be anywhere at all. Yes. And this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. If you bring a bomb where I am, it will not work. Uh-huh. How can you say that? It's through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. Through the foolishness of preaching to save not everyone, those who believe they're preaching. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah, yeah. God doesn't feel sorry not saving you. 
Think about it. Your salvation is not to endorse God. So if you choose not to be saved, it doesn't affect him. And he has chosen that if he has to save you, he will do it through preaching. You believe in foolish preaching. When I say, when the Bible says foolish preaching, it's not saying that it's, it's stupid. It's like, it, it doesn't make sense. It makes spiritual sense. You know it. But stubbornness of heart will block it. People block it in their heart. What he's saying is true, but I don't want. People choose not to believe. Belief is a choice. It's not emotive. For God so loved the world that he gave it to him because that whosoever is a choice. It's the choice. It's not a random selection. It's a choice. Whosoever believes will not perish. All of us at a point in time we were living our own life thinking that I don't need God. Yeah. I don't need God. Yeah. I don't need God. I'm okay. Some of you are here this morning because you are desperately in search of God. Yes. <laughs> and I'm happy for you. Amen. Because you are in the right place. Amen. Amen. Many people, some of you, your bosses look very powerful. They are driving nice cars, but they are very miserable. Yes. Yeah. Why, is it, why is he always at work? Comes at six and leaves at midnight. Why? Something is wrong somewhere. Nine, you are not actually interested, and you can't wait for five to leave <laughs> because you have a life somewhere. Shout hallelujah! hallelujah. They may look powerful financially, they may look powerful so long as what the world defines as better. They may look it, but listen, it is better not to have these things and be at peace internally than to have all. Bible says, What does a man gain if he gains the whole? Your soul. Wow. Give me Jesus, take the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah! As many as shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. It pleased God. God that through the foolishness of preaching, he might save those who believe. <laughs> so Paul said, we are not done plain wisdom. So in the verse 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, how be it we speak wisdom amongst those who are perfect. Now that word perfect there doesn't mean impeccability. Doesn't mean faultlessness. He's talking about those whose spirits have come in alignment with the spirit of God. That's right. Okay. Whose spirits have come in alignment with the spirit of God. That's what it's, those who are perfect. Another way to put it is those who are mature. Okay. Who are coming to maturity. Who are growing. I think um, is it, that's okay. Give us the NIV. Let's see how the NIV put it. Wisdom amongst those who are, you see, among, uh, 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 among the mature, but not, we speak wisdom, however, please, this is a disclaimer, not the wisdom of this age. Noah's age was a, was a messed up age. Last week I spoke about Enoch what we got. The whole of this week I've been talking about Noah. The age of Noah was a bad age. 
But there was someone whose actions and whose approach to life changed the age. Because the Bible says that God said, I'm going to wipe out all humanity. The first fall affected their spirits, man's spirit. So he became isolated or insulated from, or his spirit lost its functionality so long as God was concerned. And that was bad. But it wasn't as bad as when the soul now also got affected and the soul decided that I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care what anybody thinks. It's what I want. I want to do my own thing. Don't tell me about what God said. Who is God? Does he know how I'm suffering? How come God? Where was he when my father was abusing me? Where was he when they the job? Where was God now? That's soul. But the soul is not as worse. That's the second fall. The third fall was in Genesis chapter 6 when, when extraterrestrial creatures, in other words, angelic beings, fallen angels, came amongst men and went into women because they saw that women are nice. Is it not true, men? Yes. Is it not true, brothers? Yes. Are women not nice? Yes. Ladies, are women not nice? Yes. Are you not nice? Yes. So some of them are not even confident. <laughs> Because you are judging your niceness based on what you see on the magazines. You may have a lot of love handles, you are nice. <laughs> you don't need makeup to be nice. At all. At all. all you need is just a normal human woman body. It's nice. It's nice. It's powerful enough to stir anything. <laughs> to create a disturbance. <laughs> so tell someone, women are nice. <laughs> Some of the men cannot say it because it, they've been pondering about it so long that they don't want it to look like they meant it. <laughs> All right, so the angels saw that women were nice and they, entered, they came and married them. And angels, they took human bodies and they started having sexual relations with human beings and polluted, watch this, and polluted the actual human body, human race. The human race, God, oh, God, why did God create us? He said, let us create man in our image. And God has an assignment to use this human, physical human being he had created. If he wanted spirit being, he would have done it. Yes. But he wanted physical beings. So he created physical beings, made sure they had the soul, and their spirits had the spirit that would contain his spirit. Yes. And so when he created, so when he, their spirit contained his spirit, now their bodies will begin to work for him. Yes. God needed the human body. But, because one day, even after the fall, God knew that one day he was going to actually, according to Romans chapter 8, he's going to take on human flesh and come join and become like one of us. But now, that Satan has injected some strange hybrid. Yes, hybrid. He has spoiled the whole thing. So the thing is just mixed up. So it's going to spoil the purpose of God. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse um, 7, that God... Verse 4, 6 and 7. That was a God said, I have regretted for creating human beings. I'm going to wipe everything out. 
I'm going to clean every verse 7 says that I have created from the I'm going to um, destroy man who I've created from the face of the earth both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air for I rep- for it repented me that I have made man and but the, uh, those who are coming for the prayer meeting the verse 8 is a very important one let's see verse 8 let's all read verse 8 together you to read, please do me a favor. Read it out loud so that it feels like we are all together in it, isn't it? Alright, let's go. When everyone had messed up in that, in, that, in that generation, in that age, and everyone was about to go, everyone had, verse 3, verse 3 says that, look at verse 3, it says, for man is flesh. The Lord said, my spirit shall no, my, not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Man is now flesh. When they talk about flesh, it means that it's been polluted. It has become something that is really different from what God wants. And so, but when, see, flesh is human beings with Satan's injection into insulin. When just Satan comes in, you get flesh. When God comes in, you get grace. Hey. So, you are either in grace or in the flesh. And when everyone was in the flesh, Bible says in the verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That is why, that is what gave God. You see, Satan thought he's got God. I've messed everything. But God said, no, 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 I've got Noah. You know, everything is not gone in your family. There is a Noah in your family. There's a Noah in your, in, your, in your family. And I'm talking to you as the Noah. God will use you to turn things around. God will use you to change situation in the name of Jesus. But Noah found grace. There's always the bad moment when things go bad. There's always a bad moment where God is able to step in through the bad. Daniel, but Daniel purpose in his, in his heart not to defile himself with the king's meat. But, but, so, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the grace he found changed the age. God separated him from the rest. I'll continue on the Noah matter on Monday. But let's go back to 1 Corinthians. So just, just to draw your attention to the fact that flesh can always be a problem. And we are going to find flesh in Second First Corinthians as I'm teaching today. Alright. I'm talking about reaching out for the deep things of God. The deep things of God. And so, um, Bible says that how be it, we speak wisdom, but not according to the wisdom of this world, which comes to, watch this. How be we speak wisdom amongst them that are perfect, yet not of the, not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that, that come to note. In other words, this wisdom always has a deadline. You pursue, 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 you get to a coup de sac. It comes to note. All the nice, nice, nice things that we are pursuing. You pursue, 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 pursue. After you got everything, you realize, now what next? What, what next? What next? You bought a seven-bedroom house with three swimming pools. One, one swimming pool in the basement, one in the garden, and one on the roof. Hey. There's nothing wrong with that. If you get it, go for it. But afterwards, you, you, you are there. You are still miserable. How many of you have, have wanted something so bad, you get it and you are wondering, really? 
Because there's nothing physical or earthly that can satisfy you. Not even your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or girlfriend. Most of us have changed relationships so many times and you realize that none of them was fulfilling enough. The one you are in right now will not fulfill you. You better start looking for God. A wife can never fulfill you. A husband can never fulfill you. God has... Watch this. God in his wisdom has designed it in such a way that nothing physical, nothing created, nothing earthly can totally fulfill you. Mm. Pastor, my wife cannot fulfill me like. I can't, I can't. He says that if you marry, he says those who marry will have trouble in this world. Those who marry will have trouble in this world. So if you are having a, a few issues with your spouse, it's normal. Yeah. It's normal. Sort it out. Sort it out. Yeah. This is wrong. You went in anyway. You said I love. Now I found out that is the wrong direction. So what, what do I do? Sorry, out. So, those of you who are not married, some of you are just not married and you are just relationship, relationship, relationship. You are a child. My partner, my partner, my partner, my partner. And every time you want to examine, check his phone. Do exploration on his phone. Who have you been talking to? Who? Listen, you are better coming out of. <laughs> That's a good one. He said, are you an archaeologist? <laughs> historian. You have become a historian. Always digging out for information. Listen, listen. May I advise you? It's not part of my preaching. But leave that relationship. A relationship where you don't trust the person fully, you don't have business staying inside there. Because it never gets better. If you are married, that's a different story. Because then you have to go through MOT and all kinds of... <laughs> Sort out. We have to. It takes time, but it can be sorted out. It takes time, can be in Christ. But if you are not married and you don't trust her, you don't. Where did you go? Who were you with? No, 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 no. Let me check your phone. Ah! It's a sign that hashtag. This is just, every now we have to inject some common sense. Because it's so common that people sometimes, but it's amazing people don't realize it. Because you are ruining your life with your heart. Your feelings. How can, as old as you are, how can you be led by feelings? I'm not happy at all. Better get up, go and shower, go to work. I feel down today. You still have to go to work. This month has been a bad month. I'm not happy at all. I didn't. Uh, just pay the bill. Pay the mortgage. Pay, just pay. You pay the mobile phone when you finish. Go and do your. I'm not happy. But life is not waiting for your happiness. <laughs> do something with your life. Move forward. Yesterday I spoke about some profound things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The prayer meeting. Yeah. Profound things. Yeah, yeah. Allow your hunger to determine your future. 
Because as soon as you must, you must, you must not make decisions based on your need. Don't be need oriented. Be purpose driven. You are so desperate for a job. You are so desperate for a job. It's good to want a job. But guess what? One day that desperation met, and then what next? You have destroyed so you have lied and forged so you have actually changed your name now for a job. Now after you get a job, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back for the name? So so you 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 do you do not compromise on purpose for meeting an instant need. You are so hungry. Watch it. Wait. You are so hungry. You really want food. You really want food. I'm so hungry. And so because of that, you go to Sainsbury's and slap the uh, security officer. No, no, let me eat. Allow me to eat. After you finish eating, you'll be in jail. <laughs> and yet in jail, you'll still be hungry. Yeah. Because hunger is temporal. You are so desperate to get married. One day you'll be married. And if you are not careful, you will find out that you have made the worst mistake in your life by allowing your desperation to make, become your direction. Desperate. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, if I'm not happy, I'll come out of the relationship. When you come out of the re- a relationship, you are never the same. Not at all. You are never the same before. You are not just like when you entered. No. You may leave the relationship, but something has affected you. You are scarred. Something has tinted you. Something has scarred you. And you know, it's not your skin is cast. It's cast you deep. Your person, you yourself, you are scarred. Some people were very nice people till they entered some bad relationship. Now they have become hateful. Nice woman. You are very friendly, loving, affable. So after three world wars, in your four, you are now 40, 43 years old, but a very bitter woman, very angry woman. Why? Someone was sitting on the train and said, oh, can you excuse, excuse what? Excuse what? What's your problem? What's your problem? But you are not like that. In school, you are very nice. You are, you are the nicest person in your class. What happened? Relationships. Wrong relationships. Wrong. So when you let your desire lead you, you are being led by my desire. But what happens when now the desire is met? It's once your desire is fulfilled, what next? You, I know you like dessert, but I guess your time you can't take it anymore. You can't just be eating dessert and I like it, so you can't eat. You, I guess your time, eat as much as you can. There's a line. Because the truth is that you don't live to eat. So they'll tell you eat as much as you can because life is just, eating is just to keep you going to do things. You are so desperate for sex. After sex, then you are both lying down. (laughs) Suddenly you remember, hey, what have we done? You have been with some men and you are so upset, he's still lying down. Afterwards, you have gone to work and come, he's still lying down. Get up and go to work. What are you doing? But I thought you said you can't do anything without him. Oh, yeah, I wanted him. I wanted him. We are so, we started it from the car. We were on the park. We, we did the first round. And then in the car, it's, it's, it's estates. So we put all the seats down and finished that. We love him. They go as far. They don't open the bottles. They rip it. They rip it. They rip the bra and they throw it away. Now, as soon as you finish, you are going. You are beginning to.
to look for. Where's my bra? <laughs> about life more important things about life yes, yes. the very high achievers and high earners mm. most of them don't waste time on a lot of the things that we waste time on because most of the things we waste time on is just to fulfill gratification mm. but you can't make history living to fulfill your gratification wow. you can't make news wow. somebody is blessed The wisdom of God. Yes. It's not in line, it's not just like the way they speak about. Because you look at you, so well educated. Top, 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 well educated, good job. But when it comes to relationship, you, you can tell that you're a fool. Your relationships are messy. How come look at your boss? Very un, un, unhappy man, unhappy woman, even though he's well trained. So school does not, the number, human wisdom doesn't give you the actual wisdom needed for life. Mm. They won't teach you about, about family in school. Even now, the family life they want to teach in schools, it's very, it, can, it cannot produce family. <laughs> oh, you know it. Yeah. You might be stupid said not to say, I don't know it. Yes, you know it. Yes. The best things of creation Adhere to certain fundamental principles to keep some things going. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yes, yes. But the, the worldly wisdom can keep you out of actually common sense. Yeah. We speak the wisdom of God. Verse seven. Mm. Ah. Someone say the deep things of God. But we speak the wisdom of God. Another word come up. Let me go up. Let me go up. We speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the, even what? The what? Do you know what hidden means? It's veiled. You just can't stumble across it. It's hidden. It's hidden. If you come, if you, if someone comes to your house, there are a lot of things they won't find. Those of you who have left your passports in your kitchen, your passport is supposed to be kept somewhere safe. When they give you a special ticket, very high or check. That is supposed to be private, and you're supposed to meet somebody. You're talking about uh, over 100,000. And then you, you won't drop it anywhere. You may be living with some people, and they will never find it. <laughs> Hidden. And Bible says that, watch this, the wisdom of God, which is spoken, uh, which is a mystery, which is, is, which is a mystery, mysteries human mind doesn't have an idea about. It is hidden. 
which God ordained before the world began to our glory. So I want to say glory. The hour there is not every human being, those of us who walk with God. There are some things that were ordained before the world began to our glory. Christ in you, the hope of Christ. Now, Christ, Colossians 3, 4, Christ is our life. But in the future, Christ will be our glory. Christ is our glory. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, it talks about, 1 Peter, he said, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory, we have been called unto eternal glory. We have been called unto eternal glory. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, it talks about how, for it became him from whom are all things, by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. We are objects of glory. Glory is God expressed. Amen. You see the beauty of God when you look at us. But we are getting there. We are being changed from glory to glory. He ordained this hidden wisdom from the foundation of the earth to our glory. Those of us who have God, we have something big. If you don't have God, the story is not good. Verse 8. Which this wisdom, which none of the princes of this world knew, for if they are known, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus Christ. They think, the devil thinks where they killed Jesus, they are getting rid of him. No, but when they kill Jesus, they are paving way for us. He said, except a, a grain of wheat fall to the ground and dies, it abides away. But when he died, he had to die so that the life inside him can be released into us. The devil didn't know that. Joseph's brothers thought they were getting rid of him. If they get rid of him, all this dream, 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 they will end. Not knowing by trying to get rid of him, they actually push him into destiny. They thought they were getting rid of you. They didn't know that getting rid of you was actually pushing you into destiny. You got to learn how to work with God. When men shut a door against you, it means that God is opening a better door for you. It's just like that. Because when they suck you, when they ask you to exit, when they push you out of the door, get out of our company, every exit is an entrance. You, you have to. If you had not exited your mother's womb, you wouldn't have entered the world. So don't, don't conclude that every negative thing that happened to you is negative to your destiny. It's not negative to your destiny. If you walk with God, he said, my people shall never be put to shame. What don't we understand about never? Why are you so worried? Why are you so worried and fretful? God will take care of you. I said, God will take care of you. So he said that um, if they did, they would have crucified the Lord of glory. Then the verse 9 says that no eye has seen, nor ear heard. Neither has it entered the heart of man. The heart has a bigger capacity to, to encapsulate or receive things that the natural eye cannot. The natural eye is limited in what it can take. The ears is limited but can take more than the eyes. So you can be here, your eye cannot see beyond, but your ear can hear beyond. 
Okay. So eye has not seen no ear. And your spirit can is kind of limitless. Can take in so much. But if your spirit is shut down, you are you are you are restricted. So he said, I has not seen no ear. Neither has even entered the heart. Uh, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for. Who has he prepared for? Alright, do me a favor. Shall we all read the outline from the screen? Let's go. Let's read it now. Let's go. As it's written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. Who has God prepared for? Not them that believe in him. You receive God. When you receive God, when you believe in Christ, it's necessary. That's what starts it. You, when you fear God, you worship God, you, you uh, move towards God. That means you have received him. But it's one thing. But God, the things God has in store for the people is not those who have believed and received him or who worship him. It's those, you have to take it further, those who love him. Those who love him. Loving God, meaning that you allowing him to saturate your being and you being lost in him. To to extend that, it's like you and God end up becoming one in the spirit. You are one. That's someone who loves God. You are lost in him and he has saturated your entire being. There's no space for junk. You love God. You love God. Our generation is crying out for God lovers. You love, there are enough believers. We need some God lovers. You love God. In Psalm 73 verse 25. 73 verse 25. It's, uh, put it on the screen, please. Who have been, uh, 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 whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none on the earth that I desire. That's a God lover. My biggest desire is God. That's what he's saying. That's a God lover. Well, who again is God? I just love God. I will not compromise my God, my pursuit of God for any other thing. I love. Ask someone, do you love God? Thank you, Jesus. In, in Psalm, Psalm 25, verse 14. In Psalm 25, verse 14. Let's not read it from the screen if I don't block your view. Let's read it. That word fear is also translated love. See the hidden things of God. The secret things of God. Where are they? They are with those who fear him. Those who love him. So it says that all not eyes have not seen nor ear head, neither has he entered the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. When when Bible says love God, it means that it, it involves your heart, all your heart, all your soul, your feelings, your intellect, your decisions. In, in Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, look at how he said it, put it. Mark 12, 30, probably put it on the screen. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. 
said you is dedicated for God. That's what we talk about the love of God. It's not this, this kind of, if you come to church, everybody must clap for you. Well done, well done, well done. If you give a seed, you give your tithe, you give your offering, oh, thank you. We have to thank you for giving. Thank you. Thank you for giving to God. Thank you for giving to God. <laughs> Think about it. Many people are waiting for thank you because they give to God, because they, they use their time to serve God, because they did something in the church. So they, they need an applause. They need recognition. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishes of another I'll re- recognize you. <laughs> but I'm saying some interesting things. It's all in the soul. In the soul. You don't know how important I am. In, as, as for this church, how does this church, you don't, you don't believe in people's uh, 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 social lifting at all. No, no, we do. We celebrate it because there are a lot of us are going to be very great in society. But before you become great in society, just know that your greatness is not what makes you great in God. It's your greatness in God that will give you a, a, a placement in, your, in society. It's very important. So he said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, strength, strength. It will cost you ability, your strength, your physical energy. Some of us are very agile, healthy, and your strength is no use for anything. This morning, about over 25 of us were here, setting up all these things. Strength, young man, young man. They, they should do it for you to come and sit and then they, they, they serve you like restaurant. <laughs> Think about it. It's the consumerism mindset. God is not so much, what you get from God is not as important as what you do for God. What you do for God is what defines your rating. What you do for God. What you, don't wait till you are very old. I don't believe in being old before serving God. I don't believe that. Young. Young. Your energy that you have been using for other things. Other things. I want to travel the world. I want to go for parties. I want to have fun. It's good. I'm not against party. I'm not against party. Just that some of the parties you go and later on you regret. I'm not against party. Use your energy. Use your energy for God. I have, at least, I can boast a little bit, not 0.001% of boasting, that, ma'am, all the cream of my life, Mm. from when I turned 17, all of that time, I've, I've given my all in the things of God. No, watch, watch this. No, no, don't clap because it's not anything to write home about so much. But, but the point I'm saying is that I have lived my the, practically the entirety of my adult life in church and I've never had one regret. I have what it takes to tell you to do the same. I can challenge you to do that because I've done it and it's, it works like magic. <laughs> I can challenge you. You are so pretty. Beautiful. God also likes nice ladies. Nice ladies to sell with their wig. Nice. I mean, look, 
this morning when I saw you, I could tell that you were beautifully made. With your eyelash, like a fan. And the way you did your hair, very nice. Right to your feet. She was here. What time did you get here this morning? 6.25. 6.25. To come and help. Get things ready so that the rest of the consumers. <laughs> no, it's not everyone. Not everyone could have made it. So that's okay. But you have to. You look at how strong you are. Young man. Use your energy for God. But I, 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 are you getting what I'm saying? Love the Lord with all your strength. Yeah. Love the Lord with all your strength. I don't do this. I don't have time. Excuse me, can I sit down, please? Hey, drop it. You are not that important. Let God use you. And it's very fulfilling. Love the Lord, your God, with all. He says, for what man knows the things of a man? Verse 10. Put verse 10 on the screen. But God has revealed them unto us. How? Why? For the Spirit searches all things. Yeah! The deep things of God. The Spirit the spirit searches. That word search also means explore. Okay. Explores. Okay. Delves into or excavates. <laughs> Explores. Put the um, um, amplified on the screen, please. The spirit searches. Examines. Uh, diligently. The spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything. Even even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God. Soundings, you know, sounding like in the sea. Yeah. Soundings. To find that it, is, it, is, it takes the spirit to pick up, to pick this deep bottom which human mind cannot pick. Not at all. Now, watch this. The things of God, it says, watch this, for yet God has done what? Let's say that again. Unveiled. I can't hear you. Louder. God doesn't teach. You teach the mind. You reveal to the spirit. God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. He reveals these things. The, what things? The deep things that human mind cannot access. Thank you, Lord. The deep things of God. The deep things about the riches of Christ. How unsearchable is wisdom and understanding. How deep the plans, the programs of God for your life. How can you be going through something so bad and yet it is working for something so glorious? Amen. Amen. Wow. 
takes the spirit to be able to access the deep things of God. So that you can say, there are some things you can say, it's okay. People say, no, you are doomed. Don't worry, say, it's okay. And other times, other things say, no way, this cannot come near me. Get out of my life. Why? Because you are able, by assessing the deep things of God, you are able to tell what things are okay and what things are not okay. You can't access it with human wisdom. Because as long as human wisdom is concerned, every pain is actually bad. But so long as the wisdom of God is concerned, you need some pain to get gain in some other areas of your life. Would you know the fact that somebody's relationship didn't work and it ended up working for him doesn't mean your own breaking down will work for you. You need to access the deep things of God. Someone lost their job and they ended up starting a business and became a millionaire. It doesn't mean you are you losing your job is going to make you a millionaire. Maybe keeping your job is God's plan for you. So Satan, when Satan takes away that job, and you know that deep things of God, no, God's plan is to go through this job, then you can rise up and tell Satan, get deep behind me. I contend and secure my job. Whilst there are other things, you say, no, I won't contend for this one. It looks like I should fight for this, but no, I, have to, I don't have to fight for this because it's not part of my destiny. The deep things of God, the deep things of God. If you can't access the things of God, you become a cheap victim in life. Your life will be as a result of circumstances and happenings. If you live your life to chances, you'll be very disappointed in life. Because chances are that there are some dangerous things ahead of you. Dangerous setbacks. Diagnosis. Most people who are diagnosed of cancer didn't know that it's coming. They didn't know. Some of them they didn't know. And then by the time they say, oh, we have got three months. Where did this come from? I have a plan. If I book my ticket, I'm going to Honolulu next, next six months. I'm going for Caribbean cruise. I've done this. Where from this one? How? And suddenly, all oh, the trip doesn't matter. They begin to run helter-skelter to look for help. There are major things in life that the human mind doesn't know is ahead. No technology can tell you what's ahead. No technology. Had it not been, if there was technology to tell us what's ahead, a lot of the disasters could be avoided. World Trade Center, 9-11 wouldn't have happened. It's true in spite of our sophistication, technological advancements. Terrorists are advancing every time. How? Because to be human is restrictive. You have to enter. And watch this. All right, I need to tell you from the text. Go to the verse 11. Verse 11. He said, For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit that is in, in, which is in him? Even so, the the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. What does that mean? Say, can you come back, please? No, oh, just one. Thank you, Pastor. Yes. So, can you look at his face? Do you know what he's thinking about him? <laughs> okay, can you look at that minister? She's a lady. 
you, do you know what she, he's thinking about him? Hey. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Some of you, when the praise and worship was going on, and you, the sister, you are busy dancing here, and that brother was looking at you, you don't know. No one knows what she's doing. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we are all in church. Ah. <laughs> you are in church, but your flesh doesn't come to church. You are still alive. So, no one knows what this man is thinking. And no technology can let us know. Except the spirit, his own spirit, which is deep inside him. His spirit knows exactly what he And he said, in the same way. Okay, come, sir. Please. In the, someone say, in the same way. In the same way. Put it on the screen, please. Verse 11 again. In the same way, is a, so uh, even so means in the same way. In the same way, no man, the things of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. And he says, thank you, please. He said, and it is this Spirit we have when you become born again. When you become born again, you have received the Spirit of God, which has access and privy to the deep things of God. Right, right. So, verse 12, he says, Now we have, we, we, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given. The God has given you some things, but you don't know. And it will take the spirit of God for you to know. Because that's why you are making those mistakes. That's why you're so fretful. That's why you are so down. That's why you are so worried. Why? Because the things that God has given you, you don't know. And the things you don't know, you make mistakes and stay away from it. But when you know that this is where your miracle is, this is not where, where this is where God has provided. In spite of what you go through, you keep pushing. You keep pushing. You keep pushing. Because you know it is waiting for you. Shout out. Hallelujah. The things that God, and he said that we have received the spirit of God so we might freely know. Watch this. I'm, as I bring it to the, the message to a close. The deep things of God can only be assessed by our spirit. It's a spiritual thing. Bible talks about the spiritual man. The spiritual man, your human self, natural self, does not have the constitutional capacity to perceive spiritual things. Your natural man doesn't have constitutional capacity. To access spirituality, naturally, you can't have it. How can you be sitting here and know, oh, there's somebody coming? And no, you don't have it. Let alone to pick the things of God. It takes your spirit man. Now, if your spirit man is disengaged from active work, active work in your life, then you are very, very, very much deficient in being able to access the things that God has prepared for you. And so you live your life like an ordinary human being because you, you live like a blind man. Listen, the blind man, there's no difference between a blind man in the light and a, a seeing man in the dark. Yes. They both can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> no difference. Spiritually, many and we too 
many of us have been trained to be spiritually dumb. Wow. Wow. Trained. Trained. And we lack it. And it's costing us our entire, uh, the, 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 the value of our existence. Spiritual blindness will cost you the value of your existence. Why you are alive? God brought you out from, from, from here for a purpose. And the more you disengage your spirit, the less you know what God has got for you. And you become a victim in life of circumstances. The deep things of God. If I were you, I will, I will go on a quest. I will embark on a mission to begin to develop my spirit. To develop my spirit. To develop my spirit. My spirit to be able to accommodate. A spiritual is a spiritual man. A spiritual man or a spiritual woman or a spiritual person is the one who is ruled, controlled, over, uh, and dominated and governed by the spirit of God. That's a spiritual man. That's it. That's a spiritual person. There are too many religious people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religious, hey, I can speak in tongues. Religious, I have to go to church. And, and most of the church thing we do, most of it just on the surface. We are not spiritual at all. True. We are not spiritual at all. That's why we are able to accommodate all kinds of junk in our, in our life. Sometimes you see a Christian, the way he's talking, you are shocked. I see a Christian. Yeah, he's a carnal Christian. So a spiritual person. A spiritual person is walking with the Holy Ghost, taking steps with the Holy Ghost. He's acutely aware of the Spirit of God in his presence with him. Yeah, and you are trying not to do some things in your life with your own strength. That's religion. Learn how to yield to the Spirit. You'll be able to deal with the Paul issue if you can yield to the Spirit. If you can yield to the Spirit. The anger issue, the gossip issue, the lustful issue, the all kinds of things that people don't know. They are, they are, they are, they are intrinsic, intrinsic part of you. You look so posh and polished, but inside you, you don't want anyone to know. Because it makes you feel so bad about yourself. It makes you feel like, oh no, I'm bad. You are not bad, it's the flesh. Your spirit is perfect. If you can allow your spirit to grow with the spirit of God, if you can allow God, the spirit of God, to begin to control you, the spirit of God to dominate you, to, to rule inside you, you find out that the real you begins to emerge, the glorious you, the beautiful you, you are so beautiful on the inside, I'm telling you, you are one of the best creative, best things God has ever brought on earth. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Tell someone, you don't know who I am. And there are some of, some, some of us here, we are in church and we think you don't you can't keep up the Joneses. You don't match. Because only God knows where you woke up from this morning and came to church. God have mercy. Only, only God knows the evil, the things that you have done. God have mercy. The number of abortions. And Satan loves it. He said, yeah, I'm going to use your past against you. <laughs> it's because you haven't real, realized your destiny in the spirit. As soon as you awaken to your destiny in the spirit, through your work with the spirit, all the things in your past don't matter. Don't, your, your future is far glorious Amen. than your past, your past mess. 
if you can run into your future, listen, the past doesn't matter anymore. Yes, it doesn't. I want to challenge somebody. If I were you, I would invest a lot of my energy in working with the spirit. Yes. Invest. Invest. Most of us look well polished on the outside. And it, let me be, see, let me finish. I want to finish on the verse 14. Because let me tell you, it's not everyone who is listening to me is hearing what I'm saying. This message is not for everybody. You can put it in the bin. You can work with it. It hasn't got an influence on my life. I am just a messenger. Postman, I deliver it to you. A letter from HMRC, you can put it in the garbage. Later on, you'll find out what. Is someone getting what I'm saying? People are so. What I don't appreciate is religious people. Mm. Religious people. Mm. They know how to tick boxes. They know how to. Hallelujah! And what betrays you is they find you with something not nice about you. You were gossiping or you were uh, for having sex. You! What they. I don't know. Let's say they even never do that. Oh, Pastor, thank you for saying it. No, please, please. I'm not saying go mess up your destiny. What I'm saying is that your future is glorious. For once, for once, excuse yourself from the mess of your past and start running towards your future. Hallelujah. Run towards your future. Tell someone, you've got a glorious future. Tell the person again, you've got a glorious future. Future. child. I love it. I love it when I hear children screaming hallelujah. Because some, some people started with swear words. <laughs> Alright, can, can we finish this in the verse 30? Is that okay to finish it? Please put the verse 30 on the screen. Verse 13 says that these things that are revealed to us, which things we also speak not in words which man's, you see the wisdom has come again, man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Hmm, this word, the Greek word means mixing, putting together, adding up, comparing spiritual things with the spiritual. That's how we speak. So it's not two things. We speak and how we speak. Okay, these things, the Holy Spirit, these things that Holy Spirit, we speak. He said, which things also we speak. So we speak the things that the Holy Spirit is teaching us. 
The Holy Spirit is revealing to us. We speak, but the manner in which we speak is very important. We don't speak with man's wisdom, but we speak with the wisdom which the Holy Spirit teaches. How? Comparing, mixing spiritual things. So it's all the tra- spiritual transaction in the re- certain realm. We mix spiritual. So if you stay out of the spirit, you are out. It takes spiritual men to speak spiritual things. We have to be spiritual. And then we speak spiritual things with spiritual words Holy Spirit gives us. So we, we are spiritual. We speak spiritual things with a spiritual attitude. Why are we so much eager for people to accept us? He wants he want people's applause. He wants their, you want their acceptance, endorsement. When you have, the, when you are working with the Spirit of God, you become a puzzle. When they are expecting you to be down, they see, they end up seeing you rising. They thought you should be crying because you just lost the job and you are laughing, <laughs> and you tell them that oh, I'm, everything is fine. <laughs> They said, you, you won't be able to pay your mortgage next month and next two months. And six months on, your mortgage is even paid easily. Amen. How are you working it? You don't even know. God is just taking care of me. Yes. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. <gasps> the word comparing means, as I told you, means to um, interpret or mix, to adapt. So you, you're able to you're able to work things out. Interpret, mix, adapt. That's the same word that was used for Joseph in Genesis chapter 40, verse 8, when he interpreted the people's dream. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 12, and verse 15. Genesis chapter 40, verse 8 says that, And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter. They don't want to mix it. So when the Spirit of God speaks to us, we speak with spiritual word, interpreting things for it's spiritual things with spiritual things. With spiritual. Genesis chapter 41, verse 12 and verse 15, the same thing. Verse 15, Pharaoh said, I have a dream, but I don't have anyone to interpret. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We speak spiritual things. But the problem is that so many of us ignore the spirit. So instead of using your spirit, you watch this, I'm about to end now. We become sensual. Sensual. Not in the profane way, but just on human senses. Using just your human senses, your ears, your hearing, your seeing, your smelling, your tasting, your feeling. The human sense. So you make judgments based on your human sensory perceptions. Most of us. So we disengage the spirit. Jude speaks about people like that. Jude, Jude verse 19. Jude verse 19 says that they don't have the spirit. Jude 19. Put it on the screen, please. Jude 19. These are they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. They don't engage the spirit. Then you go look at the next verse. But building up yourself in the most holy faith. Praying the Holy Ghost. Build your spirit. Stop disengaging your spirit. Engage your spirit. Tell someone, engage your spirit. Say, engage your spirit. And the last verse, and I end on it. 
Makorada Babashada. Verse 14. Okay, okay. Do you know what? Do me a favor. Is it okay if I finish on it? But it's good to read from verse 13 into verse 14. Did someone learn anything at all today? If you are having struggles in your marriage, it's likely, if and you claim both of you are Christians, likely one or both of you are just being sensual. You're not engaging the spirit. One great man of God said this years ago, about nine years ago, I heard it. I, I, it sounded unpastoral, but it was so spiritually true that I couldn't challenge it, and I accepted it, and I adopted it. He said, marriage counseling, Christians who go for marriage, marriage counseling is for Christians who are not living the Christian life properly. I know. But you have to have counseling for people. He said, if people can live by the Spirit, just being, it, listen, if you can just be a pure Christian, why would you insult your wife? If you can just be, if you can, not even hit, insult. Just being a pure Christian, you can say, what this guy has done, I won't forgive him. You find it easy by the Spirit to say, okay, let's sleep in dog life. He says that, do not sleep over your anger. Yes. He said, don't let the sun go down your anger. That's Christian. And you have been ang- angry for three days, four days, one week, you don't talk to each other. So, you see, right there, it's not a counseling problem, it's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. And then you come and sit here before a pastor. <laughs> pastor, I'm not saying don't come for counseling. I really don't have much time for counseling, but you can come. <laughs> pastor, the way he said, hey, Pastor, they are funny. You, what do we do? And sometimes you sit down, you can see them, even in your presence. Eating, eating like that. Emotionally excited. These are people who love each other and can't have enough of each other. <laughs> Everybody is saying, they don't leave us alone. We love, we are in love. Uh, we are in love. <laughs> now, when people are not walking with the spirit, that's a different. I'm talking about, you claim to be a serious Christian. Right. Right. A serious Christian is not someone who is always in church. If you're serious, you'll be in church anyway. anyway. But serious is not being in church. It's not just because you are in church. Mm-hmm. But it's because the spirit, some of you come to church and you are fighting with other people. You don't talk to them in church. Oh. Oh. You fight with church workers. Oh. You, you have issues with, you are an usher, you have issues with some people. Oh. You just don't like them. Oh. Most of you are in church, and not most of you, but some are in church. They're always complaining about that, that pastor, complaining about that church leader, complaining about that keyboardist, complaining about this. And it's not like complaining because a person maybe did one or two and it's organizational but it's just personal I don't like him I don't like him I don't like him I don't want to say hello to him shame shame unto you and you say that on a shame you are not a spiritual person you are not you are carnal you are flesh and we can't clap for you on this matter we can't clap for you we can't clap for you you can choose to take offense that's the flesh at work too Sometimes you come to church and you find people who are also in church. Sometimes you are disappointed. And as a pastor, sometimes you find the way two people, two people, one day two ladies were fighting. The other one said, I will slap you. Who do you think you are in church? In church. You, 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 are, you are a sad landing girl. Who do you think you are? I can't handle you. How? How? And these are, these are not 
like people who have not been coming. These are people who every day. A young, handsome man, nice guy. You have, you've caught this lady. You are starting to. They call it dating. It's caught in Christian. Christian word is caught. It's not dating. You are caught, and you leave her alone. Pastor, if I don't mind. Just first dinner you went. After the dinner you walk in there. When you see someone behaving towards you in a fleshly way, don't judge the person. But identify this is a flesh. Try and stay in the spirit. Help the person if you can. Tell the person, Satan is trying to use you. If it's a last full thing, then you see the guy is keeping looking at your breast. Looking at your breast. You to cover your cleavage. Cover <laughs> and you can tell, you know sometimes you're a woman, you can tell this man's eyes has lust. It's like red, lust. And sometimes when it's so obvious, you can look at him and say, Get deep behind me, Satan. <laughs> and if he's a genuine Christian, suddenly he'll recover himself. He'll recover himself. Wow. Wow. And do not think the person is bad, just that the wrong side of him was beginning to grow. Come on. Oh. <laughs> but some of you are in church, and sometimes the feelings you have for other people, you don't know what's wrong with you. Stay in the spirit. Yeah. You that once you are a human being, some things will never leave you wow. until you die. Wow. Yes. Your taste for some things will not go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will not go. So your safety is working. How do you work in the spirit? Build, develop your spiritual life. How do you read your Bible? Come to prayer meetings. Pray. Be in church. Read your Bible. Listen to preaching messages. And cut down some of the movies you are watching. Entertainment and the junk music. Because what those things are doing is building your flesh. God is not upset with you. But you'll be failing. And you'll be losing touch with the spirit because he only relates with your spirit. So, listen, if I, if I see a Christian sister, a Christian brother who is actively doing porn, I won't condemn you. I, the act is not good, but I know it's, it's, you don't want, if you're a Christian, you don't like it. Yeah. No Christian will do something and just, I'm happy. I'm, you know, it, it's not in you. Just that your flesh is now ruling, ruling. And so there are people you make, you determine, I'll never do this again. But two days later, you are back there. Why? Because you don't have the, the constitutional capacity to see through. So you have to build your spirit. So when the devil is making you downplay prayer, downplay church, downplay reading your Bible, downplay listening to message, it's not him, it's not God you are doing it, it's you. He's eroding your strength gradually. By the time you realize you have accepted all kinds of things and you feel so bad about yourself, you come to church, the pastor is preaching, you feel like, let me hide on the floor. I don't know what we have, but, and then suddenly you feel, I feel guilty, I feel guilty. Build your spirit and you'll be okay. We speak these things with where the Holy Ghost gives. Verse 14, I've offended in one minute. Verse 14, we have to, and other than that, next we have to come to it. But next we have to go deeper. 
Verse 14. Let's all read it together. Let's go. Give us new King James so that there, I don't like to receive it. Uh-huh. Let's go. Let's go. Does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Because they are spiritual. Did you see that? So there are people, all these things I'll be saying because the natural man, your intellectual self, cannot pick these things up. Why? Because these things are spiritually designed. They are spiritually deciphered. They are spiritually extracted. You need your spirit to extract the depths of God. How can you go to a well and expect to fetch water with your fingers? You can't. You don't have that capacity, the physical capacity to do that. You cannot. You can't. A man cannot be pregnant. He just cannot. It doesn't matter how advanced medical science go. And only an egg cannot form a human being. It doesn't matter how high advanced, how advanced med- medicine gets. You need a sperm and an egg. As the egg comes from a woman and the sperm comes from a man. Women don't have sperms. That's why they have breasts. <laughs> it's a fact. Sperms comes from the scrotum. Am I right, Joshua? Yes. A woman cannot have that. What a woman has, can you see, have you ever seen a man who is having expenses? It's a menstrual cycle. <laughs> and where are you going? I'm going to buy a pad. <laughs> pad for menstrual, menstrual. No, no, no. A man can't do that. But women. So when a woman in his time of the month, people understand. They understand. When a woman gets up and goes to have to go and check herself in the ladies, every adult understands. Because it's a normal cycle. It's a normal cycle. A woman has egg, a man has sperm. That's life. You can't change it around. You can't legislate it around. No, no. No Hallelujah. The natural man cannot receive the things. Cannot receive the things of the spirit. The natural man. You are so natural. That's for me. That's for me. You know I'm very that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that you, that you, that you is what we are referring. You're you in your natural self. You don't have the constitutional capacity to discern spiritual things. But as I say, the things of this of for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. You can't know them. Why? Because it takes the spirit to discern them. I pray that God will strengthen Amen. you in the spirit. I pray you grow in the spirit. Amen. I pray you won't stay at this level. This year, may you see a surge in your spiritual life. May you see a wild growth in your spiritual life. This year is not about, not just about miracles, not just about testimony, but the greatest miracle is your spiritual advancement. That when you advance in the spirit, then you know the things that are freely given to you by God. Then you can go for it. Satan sees you. You say to Satan, get behind me and he back off. 
spiritually you are a macho woman. Spiritually you are a macho man. But if spiritually you are emaciated, Satan will just be tossing you here and there. And you can't even receive communication from the spirit. But I pray over your life that may it begin. May today begin a new journey. A new journey in your spiritual growth. May today begin a new journey. A new a new phase of your spiritual life in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you. The deep things of God. The deep things of God. If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you, to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you Lord for dying on the cross to save me. From today I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.